Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table, a podcast discussion of tabletop role-playing games, war games, movies, books, and various other game topics. Be warned, this show may contain explicit material that may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. And this is Mike. This is Dan. This is Mark. I'm Deuce. This is Jason. Today we're going to talk about some of the games that we love, and we played quite a few games. Most of us have played D&D and things like that, but there's some other games that we've played, and they've changed editions pretty recently. We're going to talk about, was it for the better that these games changed editions? What was the impact on your love for those games? And did it lose fans? For the most part, we would agree that there's a few reasons why games change editions. First reason would be to make money. Second reason I would think would be to correct some glaring problems with a game. Like with Star Wars, they changed their editions as the new movies came out and things like that. Updated, Actually, updated to, to include important things like midi-chlorians. If I remember correctly with Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Jason. <laughs> they got... What's a, a midi-what? Mediterranean? Star Wars got rebooted every time the system got bought out. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh? There's how many how many again, how many yes. West End how many West End versions were there? There was uh, first edition, second edition, right? Yeah, and then Star. But that didn't change so much that you couldn't still use the old books. What was oh. the very first edition? Was it a West End? Yeah, West End Games okay. had it was the old one with with Luke Skywalker on the cover. Then there was the first edition of the Wizards of the Coast Star Wars, and then they did a revised edition, right? And then they did. Uh, saga saga edition. edition. Which one was the one that was kind of oddly shaped as far that as that saga goes? edition? It's shaped it, it, when you it's open it square. up. Yeah, it looks like you're looking at right. it in letterbox. That's why they did that. Uh, Those are yeah. collector's items too. Yeah. So th- that's probably why they're going for so much money right now. Yeah, they are. They are, they are pretty. So, so it's so, more of a coffee table book, and I think that was the primary motivation. Well, that and also I think most people would agree it is the best. It's the best system. Out of all of them, oh, the, you're no talking longer, about Saga Edition. Yeah, it's no longer in print, so that's what. Well, it's got some issues because it's like halfway between 3.5 and four. Well, yeah, yeah. They all, and it was like it was almost like they play tested. They yeah. play tested fourth edition with Saga Edition. I yeah, do agree that's with that. exactly what they but did. One of the things that I was acutely aware of with the edition change of Star Wars was in the first edition of Wizards of the Coast Star Wars, starship combat was more theoretical. They didn't have the rules right. for you to do an actual tabletop starship battle. It was, you know, you had like a weird tracking thing, and you know, it, it was really kind of out of yeah. outside the box kind of thinking. And it didn't do well because everybody was like, I'm not going to play this game if I can't play a fighter pilot, you know? Right. And then, the, so then they, they realized that that was a problem, and so they did revised edition, and they included starship combat. Right. A much better version. And then, of course, they moved on to Saga Edition. I, and I feel that Saga Edition is by far the best Star Wars edition. And there's going to be people who disagree with me. I agree and I disagree. I mean, with the uh, the talent trees and whatnot, I, I, you you lose a lot of the, your, the versatility that you, right. that you had with West End, which West End was almost totally open as long as you could find a way to acquire a skill. Wasn't All you had to do was spend the point to get it. Was West End more conducive to power gaming? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I, I recall. I, it. I still remember. My, I still have my first character ever. It was a, he was a Wookiee Jedi 
who wore red guard armor. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't look weird. <laughs> Where is he going to buy that? You know? and, and does he go to a groomer? Exactly. You know, it's like it didn't really make any what does logical he do, sense at all. What does he do with the tree claws? They're, they're in there somewhere. Aren't those and, like dew claws? Oh, no, not like- dew claws. He's not a dog. <laughs> Wookiees have Wookie. climbing claws that are only for climbing. Right, Mark? Yes, only for climbing. It's a dishonor to use them as weapons. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> so wait a minute. Is there a new edition of Star Wars? Not yet. I, I uh, they, they don't have the license anymore, I don't they, believe. No, no one's Wizards. picked it up yet. I mean, who's, sure? who's doing it? I thought it, I There was, thought a, there was a rumor. It's only I, a rumor. Yeah, I've been hearing oh, that it's going to be coinciding with the RPG, the MMO that's coming out. So who's uh, going to do it? So BioWare would probably be putting out some books. It's going to make a, an RPG. Hey, they, dude, they, at least they play test. The, the BioWare RPG video games are awesome. Yeah. We could only hope they would make a Those are the RPG. same guys that did Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kick yeah. ass. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd be on board with that. Okay. So, I, I would say that, you know, Saga Edition is, as the editions changed, it got better. Is there an example of an edition change where a game got worse? I think a lot of diehards think uh, D&D took a turn for the worse whenever it was no longer a D&D. You can count me in, in that group. Although I didn't have a problem with second edition. I loved second edition. It was still considered AD&D with second edition, wasn't it? No, I think Dan's talking about the original iteration of D&D. Is oh, you're AD&D. talking about first edition. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. First, I think oh, it's a drastic change in the perspective of the target audience that caused that problem. Well, that's the problem. I don't... They've never acquired a new target audience. That's been Wizards of the Coast's main problem, is trying to get young gamers in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think they're trying to convert card players over to... They, yeah, yeah, they are, and it's failing well, okay. miserably. I, I'm they're trying to convert card players over, and they're also trying to make the, the tabletop game more like World of Warcraft. Now that you brought up D&D, that's why I was going to bring up what Mark said earlier. Uh, the problem I have with 4th edition, as a new edition, is backwards compatibility. Yeah. You what can't you use a lot of source material from first edition. We had that problem uh, in our own break. game. Mike was running a first edition. The Salt Marshal thing was right. a first edition. Oh, okay. We ran into Rot Grub. He, we're running 3.5. There's no Rot Grub in 3.5. Decide, was that just an oversight, or did they just choose? Uh, I'm not sure why they didn't do that. Yeah, I thought somebody on your board... Yeah, well, was, well the problem, made. we're going to continue to have new editions unless people want to pay a yearly license fee for the things that they already have, because these companies have to make money. Yeah, Somehow. I understand that. And, and see, I, I can understand, like I said before, uh, doing an edition change to write some things that are glaringly wrong with the system or upgrading some of the things, that because if it, another movie comes out and they're going to well, let's do another edition, we can... We can correct some things, and we can add the new material in it. I think that's okay. But my prime example of a new edition ruining a game is the third edition Warhammer Fantasy. When think, uh, You're talking about when Fantasy Flight took it over. And- Fantasy Flight took it over, and Black... Uh, Black Studios. Black Industries. Black Libraries. No, well, Black Library did the books. Right, Black Industries yeah. did the tabletop role-playing games. When they moved on and they sold everything to Fantasy Flight Games, they took over and they released whatever books they still had in the hopper. But then once that was done, they moved on to this next edition where they have the specialized dice, you have the cards, you have all that stuff. And 
it's almost like they turned that game into a board game. They did. That's, yeah, that's like a fantasy flight like wheelhouse. A, right. I mean, they're a board game company. It right. sounds like, that sounds like a product tie-in, too. You had dice that you had to buy separately? No, it, it came was with the, the game. Oh, it came okay. with the game, but, but they're specialized. That was kind of the thing. Every player needed to buy the box set. Yes. Essentially. Right. It, was, it was like if you were playing old-school D&D, everybody would need the red box. That's the only way to really That sounds it. like some fish that wizards would pull. Make, uh, making and, dice, specialized dice that... You have to buy separately well, from the box. Yeah. I, 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 I'm honestly surprised they haven't because gamers love dice. Yeah, but the thing is, that's there's other games that do that. 40K yeah. has their own dice. A, the last uh, DC game had its specialized dice. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, so, I mean, other games that do that, 40K has been doing it forever where they go. I mean, what edition is, is Fantasy and, and 40K in now? Fantasy is on 8th and 7th. Eighth, God, yeah, I can't really? keep track. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Tabletop, yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and every time and on fifth. that book right there, I'm looking at a like a what is that fifth edition? That's fourth, a fourth edition 40k book. It's worthless. One thing I'm, I would like to point out though, and for the uh, listeners at home, I'm holding it by the cover. And notice it is still intact, unlike most game yeah. books. Some books are well made, and right. yeah. some are absolutely some crap. publishers are gloss well. pages that screw you. Yeah, the, the first edition L five R book was like that. The Whoever. the character creation section of the book had gloss sheets in with the regular uh, heavy paper sheets. Yeah, and okay. after about the third time you opened that book, the scorpions started falling out, <laughs> and then the lions came out. And I think that's that's definitely related to this subject too. Is like I know the old AD and D books were rock solid, yep. awesome books. Now yeah. your corners, as long as you leave them out in the rain, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's true. Some of those uh, the old editions, great books, rock solid, great stuff. But then, like, what was the edition of D and D where it really started to get? What was it? Second edition? Somewhere around second. Second. Edition. Ed- it seems like I remember. We I know, had. We went through player handbooks. Oh yeah, because yeah. I remember I had to buy like three of them. I remember t- we took some of the players' handbooks and specifically. They were already falling apart, so we just we'd rip the spells out and punch holes in them and put them in a binder. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Well, yeah. they and that's what we ended up doing with the L5R books too. Keeping smaller books that were in kind of a stapled binding, um, like hundred pages or less, and that was how they did the monster manuals. Yeah, and oh, uh, I remember that. Yeah, they didn't really have like hardcover books for the most part until what second edition? Well, yeah, second edition did start the uh, soft cover accessories. First edition's hardcover books. Are still yeah they're best. still yeah they're still yeah. you can hold them by the spine and nothing's going to fall what, out of those. What edition of Shadowrun was it that fell apart? That I had second to it was second, uh, second yeah. edition Shadowrun fell apart all the time. Well, and, it's I, and I had my mom coding pages right in the middle again. Right. Well, and it wasn't it wasn't an actual like it was like hardbound book. It was they glued. were yeah. yeah it was all glued in yeah. yeah. And I had my mom laminate it and I punched holes in it and put it in yeah. the binder. And that's one of the I th- you, do you still have that? No, I don't. But that binder was so unwieldy. So I mean, because it was gigantic. I, oh my, I, I couldn't yeah. carry it. It was I, as thick as three I'm, of the original I, books. It, it was like one of those old Bibles or, you know. The, <laughs> Gutenberg Bible. <laughs> yeah. An illuminated copy of the Bible. <laughs> right. I'm like, what? I, I couldn't carry it. I needed a Sherpa to carry the damn thing because, of course, I had all the supplement books in a, in a giant bag. So, you know, that just made it like ten times worse. Exactly. Like First Edition L5R. Right. And I had that huge <laughs> duffel bag. You, know, you could get like two Marines. Two Marines. Two mar- what? Yes, two Marines. <laughs> leave, leave it at that. Yeah, that was Mark. <laughs> you could get two Marines in that bag. <laughs> Speaking of Shadowrun, that's a game where I think it both is hurt, new additions both hurt it and help it because 
the current edition of Shadowrun, I think we agree we don't like the rules so much, but right. it had to be updated because of the dated material. material right. It. They did make Matrix better um, in the fourth edition, but, you know, combat, they made it more like White Wolf, you know. It's definitely yeah. like White Wolf. Yeah, so, in, in, but they incorporated the, the decking into it, the, it made it almost like a seamless transition because everything's so, you know, in, you know, you got the, I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called, where you, everything's, you know, superimposed over virtual real life. reality. Yeah. The virtual reality of it all is, is more like everybody sees in virtual reality, not just the Deckers. Well, see you, know? you see people's icons above their heads. Right. Exactly. And it was almost like, you know, you, you walk, like if you had your RFID tag. Oh, that, no, that was augmented. Augmented reality, right? Yeah, you'd have augmented reality where you'd walk up to somebody and like their, you know, Facebook page icon would be up above their head or something, you know. So your VD status, your VD status or whatnot, right? So do not sleep with this man. His herpes morning, have syphilis. That, that would definitely be a cool way to screw with people if you could hack their. Hack and their and, you, and you, you probably you could hack, but then they took away from everything else, and that's why we didn't like it. it was because we were so used to not playing Deckers that. That one fix wasn't worth the edition change. First edition Shadowrun, if you look at some of that stuff, oh my god, it is bad. The rules itself is so cumbersome. It had to be uh, adjusted because, uh, you know, damage codes for weapons were 4M3 and like that. And it's like every weapon had its own. You had to get certain amount of successes and, you know, all that. It was, oh my god. When they moved on to second edition where they made everything, uh, you needed two successes to advance things, that made the combat flow much better. That was definitely a, an advancement. I miss exploding sixes. I do too. Well, I also yeah. miss riggers. When, yeah, they got rid of riggers When too. they tried to make the game less deadly, that's where they took a turn for the worse. Well, that's okay. One yeah, of the I, things that was so much fun about the first time I played Shadowrun, it was pretty brutal. We, we also had a, like a, an optional. I, uh, dude, I had to be brutal with that game because there was like nine players. Right. Remember, I almost instituted the uh, the survivor aspect of it, where if yeah. your character died, you were gone. You, get, you couldn't play anymore. <laughs> 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 it was like I, I had to do some attrition so that way I could get the game manageable. Well, that's the thing. It was like poor Greg, man. He was like he kept losing people, and then after. We got rid of Hazard that time. Finally, it was like he just had one character die every every session. Well, the, well, isn't that when, when Greg just brought a stack of characters? Yeah, it, he eventually did that. Yeah, yeah. and that, that he, he was going to hide behind the was, pile of dead parts. Right, it's, I was just saying, it's, it's <laughs> almost Thank you, a, dead gentleman, dead gentleman, yeah. great job. Yeah, but yeah, it was the, the running gag was that he lost five characters in four weeks because he lost two in one game session. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, like the bards. We just did that reference. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Deuce. Well done, Deuce. Well done. Oh, thanks. Pull the pin. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so making a, a game less deadly, sometimes that takes the, the essence out of the game. The deadliest game I can think of is Aces and Eights. I had yeah. to make a second character by the end of our first session because I, I, I got gut shot. Well, it's not just no, that. Back, it, shot in the back. No, twin brother. No, <laughs> twin brother. That's that's the old, probably the only three ten, seconds The old in. twin brother routine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but that's the most brutal game. And yeah. that's because uh, the combat is lethal and well, it's not recovery so much, time sucks. Even if it's not lethal, you're going to be laid up for six months like my first guy was. Yeah. And, so, I, and I know I haven't run a lot of games, but 
that's probably the one time that I've killed a character that I absolutely regretted it afterwards simply because that player made me regret it later because the character he made was such a douchebag. <laughs> and, and that would be you, Dan. So Dan's, Dan's guy. My guy. You're, you're a preacher man. My guy. The first awesome. guy was great. Your second guy was, uh, oh, my God. Hey, yeah, well, yeah, my... my priest wasn't he, he yeah was, uh, yeah it was like an, it was like an impossible shot like right. through a crack in a door or something. Well, i had i had no choice but to hit you in a, in a, the most vital area possible well yeah. you know so okay my point is Sorry. if they made aces and eights did another edition made it less lethal would it be as attractive no no, no because the the thing that makes aces and eights and a lot of these games so lethal quote unquote is that they're trying to capture some level of realism aces and eights is real I right. mean, it, it is a real life. Yeah. It is a simulation. simulation. Right. You, you, know, al- you almost done, feel like once you're done playing, you could actually right. bust a Bronco. They, <laughs> they uh, granted, I'm sure there are errors, but it doesn't, fixing errors does not preclude a new edition. They could fix some errors and continue well, on with the current yeah, edition. I, see, I, I disagree with that. They because, can re-release a book. Well, you yes, uh, yes. You could do like volume two but, or something but like that. But companies don't do that. L5R. There were two versions of the, of the first book. Yep. We didn't know which one we had at one point. <laughs> well, I think going from AD&D to second edition to third edition to 3.5 and calling them editions, I think is bullshit. Because to me, a second edition of a book is where you where you reprint. It's the same book, but we've corrected the errata, you know. Right. And right. I think when you go from second edition to fourth edition, they're completely different games. Right. Completely different. And I don't I think that's a complete misnomer. I don't think they should do that. Hmm. Is with, I'm going to keep going back to Alpha Arc because it's my favorite game. Uh, Apparently. <laughs> well, it's like you remember the, the second edition uh, revised of L5R was the worst edited piece of literature. And second edition L5R was also converted to, to D20, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it had been. Yeah, because that's when Wizards, I think, got the license for it because they were. Right, 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 right. Okay, no, let me, let me go back. So it was third edition revised. Yes. That was the worst. Yes. Was the That's second when they one went back been, to the Roll and Keep Yeah, system. it was Oriental Adventures. Right. Third edition revised L5R was the worst edited <laughs> book yes. in gaming. And it was like you just couldn't get through that thing because there were so many spelling errors and grammatical errors. Right. So when the new edition of that came out, they did two great things. They edited the book properly. Yeah, and they separated the RPG from their card game, and that's that was that by its essence. I mean, because the card game and the, the role playing game kind of went hand in hand. Things that happened in the card game, which I never really quite understood, like they would have tournaments of card game tournaments, and that would deter whoever won like that tournament would determine how the storyline went, yep. and things like that. It's an interesting way of doing something, but I always felt like the, the role-playing game was like the midget cousin. That- well, you got to understand that the role-playing game was a an afterthought. Yes, yes, you know, very much Because so. it didn't come, the RPG didn't come around until like the fourth expansion in, because I played it from, from day one as a card game. I never want to play something that feels like it's the second cousin to the main thing. I, I get engrossed in things, and I, I, I want to be, that's, that's the primary thing. I don't want to be something like it relies on something else that I'm not really interested in. Everyone has a point where they get off of the game. Right. right. Like I, I stopped reading Star Wars books when R.A. Salvatore dropped the moon on Chewbacca. I stopped reading them way before that. <laughs> I never started. Those I think, are, I, think are, I got to maybe the courtship of Princess Leia and I was done with it. That book sucked. We were talking earlier about um, uh, lethality making things more fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it some, depends on the game. There was Yeah, there's some other games that are like completely the opposite, like let's say Mutants of Mastermind. Where which is, which you are not pretty much can't die in that game. Well, it's a comic book. 
I mean, you're not really supposed right. to die. Well, the, uh, even when you die, you know, you'll you'll be back next week. Like Star Wars is the same way. The newer edition, yeah. just Force yeah. Point, and you're not dead. I, I just wonder. A if, lot of games uh, are like that now, though. Where does where does Fourth Edition sit, or where I'm, does D and D sit? Is it supposed to be it's more spo- lethal? It, well, or? it's it's not supposed to be as lethal, but and that's why when characters would die in Fourth Edition, Mike would always go, "Well, you, you got killed in Fourth Edition, man. That's not very easy to do." Well, I think a, a lot of the older editions it probably depends on your dungeon master. Well, on Pathfinder, what you can uh, if you die, it uses the same three point five rules, but you can pretty much buy out of all your penalties, so you have no penalty for that. Does it allow you to save and load? It pretty much. Should. What do you mean? I, mean, I, I, I don't understand what you mean. You can you get no penalties. I'm not sure what you you're You can about. pretty much use gold to buy out. The penalty for dying, which would normally be Colossus. half a level. Oh, you're talking about being, when you're being resurrected. Right. I see. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is completely, I think, So you, it makes it so rich people can uh, buy out of bad stuff to happen when you're dying. Right. Well, they up the gold level of the game, so you have gold floating around. So when everybody's got gold, that actually devalues the individual gold piece and the entire economy. Well, I mean, I think the point, who made it earlier? I don't remember, I don't remember who said it, but I guess it was you. But spending a hero point, and then you're basically appealing to video game players. Right. We'll know for sure that that's the case when, like I said, you're allowed to save at a certain point and then go back and, and do redo and or do redo over. the game. No, yeah. I, no, nobody wants to die. And right. there are two people at this table right now who hate dying. If who? it's uh, definitely not you, you're definitely <laughs> not one of them. You haven't ever crumpled up characters and thrown them away when you thought you died. People don't want to die, so they're trying to give people outs so they don't have to die. It's I'm, just my I'm day one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with Eric on the whole hero of the story thing. You know, I don't want I don't want to play a guy just like me. I want to play somebody who's special. Have you no. seen the movie Shane, sometimes the hero dies. At the end. Yeah. <laughs> Shane does not die on screen. Shane rides off into the sunset. Uh, Fair enough. Or That's Wash. Common misnomer. Wash. Or just about every movie Chow Yun Fat is in. He dies at the end. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm Wash, sorry. Did, Wash didn't Spoiler even die at the alert. end. No. Yeah. And, and he died at the end of Act Two. <laughs> <laughs> Wash, Wash died brutally. But I'm I'm not of that opinion. I mean that that was that was uh, a point I brought I up. But I am not of that opinion. If my character dies, he dies. You know, I'll just move on to the next well, thing. But when your character dies, you come back with a, an enormous motherfucker character. The well, total bastard. Yeah. That was just one instance. <laughs> one instance. I think the new edition of Vampire Werewolf. I don't like that at all, and it's because I liked the previous edition when they completely scrapped all of oh, that stuff, right? And then went to this new, you know, yeah, it, the it, emo version. The emo version of when the goths grew up and took off their eye makeup, their kids turned into emo kids. <laughs> and we're stopped being angry and depressed and just kind of got whiny and bitchy. And that's what White Wolf turned into. <laughs> the whiny and bitchy werewolves. Right. Yeah. I want to be a werewolf because we're forsaken. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, you, I think that edition change is worse because they I scrapped think it killed the every, company. They well, pretty much. Uh, they, we saw that at Gen Con last year. Yeah, they we saw the exact. I'm, I'm actually, or we didn't. Well they, actually, they, well, they had a booth, but they turned it into a bar just well, to make their money. And back. I had mentioned, <laughs> I had actually mentioned that to someone, and they were like, "Well, I like the bar." I was like, "Really? Yeah. Wow." Well, no. In in two years, I thought Gen it was kind Con, of pathetic. Yeah. We saw the exact same books at White Wolf. Yeah, over yeah. a two year span, they yeah, never they, released it. They produced yeah. nothing. Yeah, I think they they definitely hit their stride and they're done. Well, it, it definitely speaks to the strength of a community. You know, yeah. you you know they've essentially buried a company. 
to a degree, I guess you could say. You know, but the, the problem is whenever you have an addition for the sake of a new addition. Granted, I know that they have fiscal responsibility. Some of these larger companies, but you know, take uh, take the Hero System for example. I can't fathom why they went from fifth to sixth edition. Right. Okay? Right. It. They didn't really make it any easier. They didn't streamline it. You know, did they I, figure out some new math to throw in? I don't understand. I, I, I can't believe there are enough people that play that game to justify a fifth or sixth. There's edition. a lot of people. There's a lot of well, people. Well, not really? only that, yeah. but that's heavily. You can buy all those on PDF. Mm. They don't have the overhead. It's easy to become a, a you know a game producer nowadays. Anybody sure, there wasn't a uh, case of changing hands. I don't think so. No, there's hand. like it's mainly one guy is like the driving force of Hero. I can't remember Does his name. Does he have a PhD in mathematics? He must. I think he was in the Stephen movie Hawking. Rain Man. He was. Yeah. He was in Rain Man. Yeah, he makes. He makes <laughs> Stephen Hawking look stupid. You know. Stephen, Stephen Hawking, Hawking moron. <laughs> yes. Play my hero game. But again, it kind of speaks to. I roll a twenty. They they're just ma- they make an addition for the sake of making an addition. Right. I know Call of Cthulhu's in like the what seventh, sixth or seventh edition. Yeah. Now. They keep rehashing you that, know? and that's still. It's Is a, that the a, same company? Yeah. Wow, Chaosium still makes it. But there's it? a there's a that's it. a hardcore. Uh, there's a hardcore there. fan base. Yes, yeah. there is. There very much. Yeah, so. there's a, a whole community out there. And I think that's one of. And when we were talking about, is there still LARPs around? I think uh, that is a lot. That, of, that, yeah, that I'd, lot I'd of. LARP Call of Cthulhu game if I could be Cthulhu. Here's the here's the <laughs> thing about LARP and Call of Cthulhu. You could be walking down the street and somebody might be. You never you know. You would not know. Right. <laughs> unless they're unless they're LARP in 1920s. You know who's – yeah, or, you know, Charlie Manson. He just <laughs> Charlie Manson get, is always he LARPing. Can't, he can't break character, you know. He just can't. Wait, is, is he LARPing or is that cosplay? <laughs> right. Uh, well, he's in prison. He has no costume. <laughs> or that is his costume. Well, it played into his he's character. Pl- he's playing sure. a guy in prison. Um, I was thinking about when systems have inherent flaws in them that cause a new addition to be made. Such uh, as? Well, not necessarily cause, but but our uh, main motivation at trying to fix something in the new edition. So, like, um, when something that's plagued D&D, grappling. Oh, they God. Keep, yeah, they keep trying to mess with grappling over and over and over again and somehow yeah. keep failing at it. Uh, it's just an interesting... Uh, yeah, well, that they just kept making it more complicated, and you're like, well, I'm not even going to bother. There's another wrinkle on uh, D&D 4th edition. Why they made it. it has nothing to do with anything we've talked about yet, and it is the D twenty license, the open source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. licensed under. They went uh, to fourth edition, so other companies would not have the right. same access. They unleashed that but creature they and did, it turned into. I was going to say they did that to themselves. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the whole thing. It was like everybody was kind of excited when third edition came well, out. Maybe that was Wizards' plan the whole time. Was we'll come out with third edition, we'll license it to other people. They'll put all their money into making this stuff, well, and then it, and then w- once it expires, we'll just cut it. Open gaming license produce anything good? Uh, well, it produced a lot of stuff. A, a lot, lot of anything. Mutants and Masterminds. Mut- yeah, Mutants yeah. and Masterminds. True Twenty is a uh, is a child, it. which I I would argue is the best system out. Oh yeah, I love that system. It's easy. Yeah. It's um, easy. Yeah. It boils down the, to the same basic mechanic. Pathfinder yeah, that, would not that, exist. Well, if not right. for that, yeah. I think you're, I, about, to, you're about to argue that that but would not just, matter. Yeah. But it's its own role playing game. Yeah, well, it, you have to play Pathfinder as a base set. I mean, it was made to 
go with all of 3.5. And if you do that, that's just ludicrous because some of those, there's so many broken rules in 3.5. As you have demonstrated on a few occasions. <laughs> yes. You have to play it with a core book and Pathfinder or else it's no good. But I think with the open gaming license, though, uh, I, I don't remember if I read it or I heard it on another podcast, but somebody was talking about how uh, it was uh, Wizard's way of trying to unify the whole gaming community under their umbrella and said, well, why have all these other game systems when you can just come to this one, have a, a universal thing, and then just go off of our thing? And I think that, you know, I, I don't understand why they decided, well, that, I, I, you know, we don't want that anymore. Because they realized that GURPS did it first and did it better? Well, yeah, there's all they kinds did? of... GURPS is, yeah. There are some diehard GURPS people out there, man. So I, I guess that, I don't that's understand. That's D100, right? Well, not all of them. It's a, I actually have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know. I don't know. I've never that. played with them. I mean, I, I own them. I own them. I never use them. It sounds well, like something I, I would do. I bought all that stuff and thought, hey, we're going to play GURPS, and this looks like a great system. We played play. Old West. Yeah. It, we, well, we, it is. A, we played Old West. I'm not it sure. It is a great system, and so isn't Hero. But the problem, whenever you have a blank canvas, when you have when the world is your oyster, it's kind of hard to get started. Yeah. That's why people buy systems. They buy into specific worlds because a lot of that work is done for you. Yeah. I mean, so we, we could come in here one Wednesday, say, all right, everybody grab a D20. We're going to make it up as we go along and just basically be like a bunch of dudes in their 30s playing pretend for a few hours. Isn't that what we do? Well, it is what we do. <laughs> I'm, on board. I'm on board with this. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Let's well, I, do it. We would have to say it's only ever one edition. We would never creep the to a same, second edition. The, yeah, the, the constant same edition. Yes. You just make everything a contested roll. You know, you want to go up, you want to do something, all right? Then you roll a die, DM rolls a die, whichever gets the highest roll, that is successful or not. So essentially it's just a uh, glorified <laughs> high card. Yeah, it's yeah. black. Yeah, yeah, you might as well just play another card. Uh, then it'd be a card yeah. game you wouldn't play. That's right. <laughs> so what's the base, best die to base? What? A D100, but a true D100. An actual one-sided like die. The size of a bowling ball. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, 2D10, true randomization of 1 to 100. No, it's not. It's not. How about a D4? D4? Not many options with the D4. <laughs> Flip a coin. Wow. Flip a coin. Heads is success, tails is failure. It's 50-50. That's not really a game. I mean, at least with a D4, it's you know 25% chance. Paper, rock, 50, scissors, lizard, Spock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, I remember basically the old Star Trek uh, edition, the very first one, like the FASA one. That one, and, and I've heard from many different sources that that still is the best one, to the point where I'm like actively looking for an old edition of that so that way we could actually try it. But so then they... They went when FASA lost the license to it, and then uh, Last Unicorn got it, and then they, that system was very. There were things about that system that I liked. There were things about the system that I didn't like. And then, that, and then of course, Decipher took over and Kinda. essentially might, should have made it uh, D twenty anyway, because that's essentially what it was. Well, so it, it was like that, but it was it was also you could tell they based it off the Last Unicorn systems. It was like they still had like the the character creation overlays and whatnot. Yeah. What game are you talking about? Star Trek. Oh, I think I've only played like first or second yeah. edition of it, whatever it was. Are there any D4 systems out there? D4? <laughs> D4 systems? I don't know. I just said that a few minutes ago, Mike. Just um, Let's do it. It's funnier when I said it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Margaret Weiss games are uh, like that, where, where you buy them up. Stuff. Yeah, like the Battlestar Galactica game and stuff like that. It's Your stats are like set at a certain dice, and then you, as you put points into them, they change to other dice, and so you could have mostly all D4s if you wanted, but uh, you wouldn't be a very good character. Uh, I don't know if there's any games out there that are just based off of D4s, 
That would be kind of arbitrary, though. I'm, I'm rolling, you, I'm rolling eight d four. We could have a you know you could have a green d four and a red d four. Sounds like a conspiracy by Chessex to sell more d fours. <laughs> Chessex. Chessex is a good. Well, well, maybe we should contact Chessex see how they feel. <laughs> we want to use your most obscure die. What do you got? I, I think, think I think this is point. doable. I think it's doable. I think we need an odd die like d thirty two or sure. something. Yeah, something yeah. that does. I do have a. I do have a weird. Yeah, it's a thirty four. It's like a thirty four cider. Yeah, yeah. it was shame like a a top. And you bought you bought it, and I was like, we are never going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I bought two of them. There's I gave no, one to Mike. There is no reason for that. You can make a game based off of just charts, like what, what I'm going to do one day. <laughs> my great my great work. I think my you, Sistine Chapel. If so, you you need to look into uh, Rollmaster. You're uh, saying it's already been done. From what I understand, it's chart crazy. I love charts. What do you mean you love charts? You just complained a minute ago about how Aces and Eight sucks. I, I, let, it's let, all charts. Let's roll back the tape. There was no complaining involved. It was praise. <laughs> Me. It's again, Dan doesn't believe what he said. <laughs> I have no idea what that guy's talking about. Uh, I'm with Dan on this I, one. I love the granularity. He did. He was, it was praise. <laughs> the problem is when you know you're going to have a new edition, the, the companies seem to have a hard time identifying what needs to be fixed and only fixing the things that are wrong. They choose to do a fourth edition and revamp an entire system that didn't need and a consequently break things that worked just fine. Well, it's hard <laughs> to find things in 3.5 that actually worked, but you uh, know, polymorph were too works good. just fine. Polymorph I like the great. elimination of Thaco. Yeah, yeah. And the armor and class armor be class what go, you needed to roll going up. Yeah. So, is really the problem that the game makers are not listening to their communities? You can't. If, if they were up. listening to us, they'd stop making additions. These, well, the thing no, is, well, you can't do that, but you can certainly you, fix what's wrong. The problem, the thing is, you can't please everybody, you know. And so, if you're going to try and you, you're going to do an addition change, you're going to try and fix what's wrong. There's, and you got a million people with a million different opinions of what you need to fix. You well, know? I think one example of that is like Wizards; they eliminated Living Greyhawk. Okay, and then they what? What did they go to from there? Nothing. Did they not replace it, or did they go to something else entirely? They went to Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms. Yeah. So you yeah. had all these people who had all this time and. The love of playing Living Greyhawk, the last vestige of active Greyhawk, they eliminate it and then they make. Essentially, they're trying to make you play Forgotten Realms. Well, no, that was a they business all went to decision. Pathfinder. I understand it's a business decision, Greenwood but it's is not the best a writer. It's not a good business. Listen, you two do. It, it certainly is a good business decision if is you it, have. Is 10 he better than R.A. Salvatore? <laughs> Forgotten Realms players, then you have Greyhawk players. That is a sound business decision. Okay, how many people are playing Living Forgotten Realms? Do you have any idea? No, no I have not heard anything about okay. it. Which is that'd, that'd be something worth bad. looking at. That'd be, that would be worth looking into. I mean, well, yeah. what, what you're talking about is a a company backed living campaign as opposed to another edition of the game itself. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are pissed off or you know miffed because their living edition was moved away from. But there was more than just. They had all kinds of living uh, campaigns more than just living Greyhawk that they backed away from. They backed away from living Force. They backed away from living Rokugan. They backed away from right. all kinds of right. that. Living Star Wars, I think, was something too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it, was called, it was living Force. Living Force. Oh, Pay attention, Force. we were just talking about that. Welcome the, to the table. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Living uh, Forgotten Realms, when they came out with the fourth edition of it, it fractured the Forgotten Realm community, which was huge, and they were all cohesive. Split them right down the middle. So now, it's a, is it like a secular group now or something? And Whose since, side do we take, Mike? And ever since then, I haven't heard hardly anything about it. Well, yeah, and that's the risk you take, I guess. When you when you like impose something like that, you're gonna have, you're gonna piss well, some people I, off. I think the company backed 
campaign setting is along the same lines as an addition. I mean, it was Greyhawk in the beginning, and then it was Forgotten Realms, and then they tried to do Eberron. Is Eberron still... It's still around. It, it was big news when it well, first came out. it's because it was the new shiny toy. I mean, it's still, it's still Forgotten Realms. I really realized. liked Eberron. That. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was an interesting twist. That was Wizard's attempt to make their own you know because they came out with that whenever they first got the rights am i correct well, wasn't it, it was a little bit wasn't after, the guy yeah. that, after that the guy that created it though the guy that created it though i mean it was just it was his homebrew campaign right it was an open competition yeah i think right. he you're talking about uh baker isn't that his name but yeah i think he was a he was a you know he was a fan that came up with i don't know what his background though he may have already been a writer I think it might have been one of those stacked deck things where oh. semi. We're going to have a contest. So with addition changes, I think they're, they're you're going to piss people off. Just uh, think about all the the people who were miffed that Paizo lost the uh, the rights to Dungeon and Dragon magazines. Count me among them. And uh, all the, the the time and effort that they put into that, they felt like, well, you know, now you're taking it away from us. And so I think that fractured the gaming community in it itself because but that's kind of worked out for paizo though right mike yes uh the people in charge are now believe it was probably a, uh the best thing that could have happened to them. oh sure because aren't they what's the or did they outperform wizards at one point there was recently? a quarterly review that was out earlier this year i think or back in last winter that said uh pathfinder role-playing game tied Ooh. or exceeded fourth edition that's yeah. cool and that's because you they established a rabid fan base. Quality content. You know, and they that's rock. not an addition change, but it's still, you know, they splintered and became their own thing. But then there were those people who, you know, it was almost, I remember when it first happened, there was a lot of people who were like, are you D&D or are you going to, are you Paizo? I mean, it, it was then their own system instead of trying to hijack 3.5. It'll happen. That'd be good. Is that insider um, information, Mike? <laughs> No, no, but no. I do know that they're uh, going to be coming out with epic rules pretty soon. I've been hearing not that story. we'll ever get to play them. Uh, that that is the I, wrong if, direction. <laughs> by the way. If they do epic rules, I think they'll do it right. I, I think it'd be good. You're but, under the false impression that it can be done right. Eventually, then they're going to have to scrap their system and make something. There's only one rule book from 3.5 that handles epic rules, right. and this one would supersede them. That's why it would work. So you replace it entirely. Mm-hmm. Okay. It would replace it entirely. I'll play, but I want to play a Tarask. Again, here we are not answering questions here at Gamer's Table. You have been listening to Gamer's Table, brought to you by Side Tangent Productions. Visit us at www.gamerstable.com. Products and intellectual property discussed during this podcast are the properties of their respective owners. This production is for entertainment purposes only. Any commercial broadcast is prohibited without the express consent of Side Tangent Productions.